You're listening to the Limbic Light Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spreading information all about light, energy, and other natural therapies to enhance your health, particularly your brain, mind, and mood health. And today we have a very special guest speaking to us. It's Uta Coleman. Uta was born in Germany. In 2004, she came to live in the small Western Australian surfing area of Margaret River, thanks to her husband's love of surfing. For as long as Uta can remember, sounds, music and rhythm have always been with her, from the sounds of her mother humming melodies while doing chores, her grandfather's playing the violin and piano, her dad playing the harmonica and singing, and her brothers playing the guitars. Uta's passion for music, sound and rhythm has been a lifelong journey. Over the years, guided by her own experiences, she was able to develop a profound and holistic understanding about the power of sound and music. Uta deepened her knowledge with various renowned teachers, musicians, as well as many sound enthusiasts, both in Australia and overseas. She did most of her training with the Peter Hess Institute and Emily Hess in Germany and continues to do so. Uta is now a certified Peter Hess sound massage practitioner teaching this method as a senior lecturer for the Peter Hess Academy of Australia. In 2010, Uta opened her own practice in Margaret River, and she's been offering private and group sound therapy sessions, sound meditations, sound massage training, click education training, events, retreats, and sound workshops for both adults and children ever since. So I'm really excited to speak to Uta today. She's our first guest who will be speaking about the power of sound, of sound vibration. So welcome, Uta. Thank you for the lovely introduction, Manisha. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's an absolute joy. So let's dive in. I'm so keen to ask you a few questions. First of all, could you share with our listeners a little bit more about how and why you became so interested in using sound as a way of healing? Well, it, I think it was a natural progression because, as you just read out, I was brought up in a very musical family. So music has always been around me. And also through my teenage years, it became a form of communication or expressing feelings and throughout life in general. Music is something I'm really fond of, but it wasn't until my mum passed away in 2009 she had cancer breast cancer and eventually passed away and i was lucky enough to be by her side and i experienced this to be a very highly spiritual time it was a big loss for me because we were very close and so i was a bit lost naturally and i started embarking on my own healing journey I started meditation and in one session I was at the beach 
I was meditating and singing bowl came into the meditation and that was just this cue. I didn't really know what to do about it at the time and it was just there, singing bowl, but I, it was just something that I couldn't forget. And after a few days remembering singing bowl as such, I started researching on the internet. So that was a message for me. I followed that intuition that and started researching and I found the Peter Hess Institute in Germany. And I was very interested in their courses. And then I started reading about sound and its healing properties as such. And I thought, so, okay, next time I'm in Germany, I shall do a course for my own healing. It just happened that the first... Peter Hess course in English was offered in Australia. So I jumped at the opportunity and completed all, all my training with the Peter Hess Academy Australia back then, Alex Janusz. And the experience was so profound. I had so many shifts. I had such a, a peace, an inner peace of understa deep understanding of how sound through the sound that everything is connected and yes and this path this universe opened up for me and i followed the callings and then i started sharing this uh, you know what i'd learned in the courses i started sharing with my family first they were really interested because we were working with singing bowls so i'd have all these toys i started sharing it with the family and they were very interested and then with my friends and the friends and the shifts they experienced and it was that really all the support I had at the time they just encouraged me to share the sounds with other people and the world that's so beautiful I, yeah so it's a journey that evolved for me I'm so interested to hear that it came at a time when you were really touched by the passing of your mother. I often think that that's a very special time. It's a time when we reach into our own spirit self. And I'm so curious yes. that you received that guidance and direction. For curiosity, did that message of the singing bowl come as an image or as words? I'm very, so listening is my preferred learning sense so i think i'm very from a from um, a little child on i would observe the world around me through listening to it that's just something that feels natural to me maybe because i was brought up musical it was just a message more so a singing bowl beautiful i didn't really have a picture in my mind and then i started researching on the internet and then it all came together and for our listeners who Obviously, they can't see you in your beautiful studio with all your instruments around you. Can you just describe yeah. what a singing bowl looks like? Yeah, a singing bowl are generally just like ordinary bowls that you would use in the kitchen, the shape as such. And originally, singing bowls were actually used to st store food in, what a lot of people don't know. A lot of people think they are these tools 
for ritual, which there were to some degree, but only secret knowledge in Buddhist monasteries in Nepal and Tibet, more so in Nepal and India even, and the burn shamanism. But it wasn't something they were originally used as ceremonial instruments. They were used to store food in. So the original bowls were used to store food in because they have all these Originally, they were made out of really beautiful materials and metals to preserve food and also to enrich it with minerals. So you just imagine this beautiful, golden, shiny bowl that you could also use in your everyday it's <laughs> household. Beautiful. Um, um, it's a golden, metallic, yeah. beautiful-shaped bowl. Sure, so, yeah. Ah, yeah, but they're, you know, they're, and especially I work with the Peter Hess bowls and they are high quality, well-researched bowls and they are very shiny and uh, he invested, we talk about him later, I think a little bit. He put a lot of time and effort being an engineer of perfecting the art of the perfect tool for sound therapy. Fantastic. And I'm so curious about sound. I started this podcast called limbic light but really at the essence of what i'm interested in is vibration and energy and so i really recognize that sound is energy a vibration and when i looked at your website i read something really lovely which i was going to ask you a little bit more about it's a quote by pythagoras and i thought i would just read it out here for our mm -hmm. listeners, and because it goes into the actual nature of the sound. So here it is. Everything is in a state of vibration, different frequencies and movement. Each celestial body, in fact, each and every atom produces a particular sound on account of its movement, its rhythm or vibration. All these sounds and vibrations form a universal harmony in which each element, while having its own function and character, contributes to the whole. So that was written by Pythagoras. And so I thought you could expand on that a little bit if you could. Well, for me, I, I quoted that quote in my website because the essence of the sound therapy I'm working with is based on ancient knowledge and it still amazes me to this day that all these amazing philosophers, scientists, they in, intuitively knew that there was something going on. There is Pythagoras, that the world is in a state of harmony. The world is a good place if everything, nature, everything strives for harmony. I think that is a cosmic law. I think Anadi Mattel was, he's the physicist, so of course he was talking about that everything is in a state of vibration and quantum physics these days backs that up. So what Pythagoras pretty much knew at the time was what is backed up now with science. Everything is in a state of vibration. Everything has its own rhythm, its own harmony. And so this is the material, everything is connected, the world is made out of. That's so beautiful. I often think about our little cells in our body, that they're living entities. And there's been a little bit of work done into researching each different type of cells, natural frequency. I often think that 
when there's music, our cells resonate with some of those vibrations. And of course, there's harmonies as well, I imagine, that occur with the sound vibration. So yeah, our body and our physiology is probably resonating with a lot of those sound vibrations, I imagine. Absolutely, yes. We all, when we're born, I think we come with our own, that primal resonance. We come into the world and we're pure. That's why infants have this magic about them and everyone's drawn to them. They're not conditioned, they're pure. And a lot of cultures really celebrate the state of the infant and the baby. And then I think through life, we get thrown off balance. We get thrown all these curveballs and experiences and we lose our inner balance. So my role as a sound therapist or sound facilitator is always, and because we're talking in musical terms, bringing harmony back to ourselves, to our body, to our mind, to our soul. And it is when we are in harmony we are happy, we live a self-determined life, we are capable of many wonderful things. In talking in musical terms, you can imagine your body being an orchestra and all the instruments have to be in harmony and tuned that you can reach your optimum state of health. That's wonderful. That actually goes to the next quote, which I read on your website, which I wanted to read out, but you've just okay. covered it It's so beautifully there. But I'm going to read it out anyway, because it's such a great little quote and it backs up what you've just explained to us. So I'm going to read that. And it is, when we resonate with sound, we become sound. We return to our true essence, our initial harmonic blueprint back to source. When we allow ourselves to just be and resonate with pure frequencies and vibrations, our energy systems are able to de-stress and reset. Non-harmonic vibrations which manifest themselves in blockages, tension, pain and disease are naturally dissolved and the existing healthy vibrations are strengthened. So I read that on your website and I thought, wow, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so I wanted to yes. really share that. Yes. I mean, this, this was, uh, this quote originated through when I first started working with sound and these were the experiences I, I had that I had these and a lot of people actually in the sessions that have a feeling of even going back in utero, that, that in the womb feeling where everything is perfect, where everything is, you are nurtured, you are cared for. It's a very powerful state of being in. And like I said, and then we, we are born and life can become difficult and we, we face all these obstacles that, like what we just said, we were thrown off, off center. So, and in the sound space, if you are working with a trained professional and they know how to recreate this space, I'm called, my, my business is called sound relaxation because this is really the essence of what I do. I use the sound as a tool to relax people and in a relaxed state and when, when we are in our basic trust and in, in this space and our systems reset, and I'm not going to get too much into all the, I mean, we're talking energy systems here, but also physically the sound 
travels, the vibrations travel and there is tension because we're using a lot of the bows, for example, on the body and your mind comes to a rest. So you slip into those deeper states of conscience. And I found sound to be a very, very powerful tool to create this optimum condition. So there's homeostasis is happening in these spaces and this is so beneficial for our overall well-being. That's fantastic. And I'm really curious, Uta, you came from a family of musicians and I was wondering if you actually play or did play an instrument yourself in your childhood years or, or do you play one now? Yes, I, of course, I, it came naturally to me. So I was classically trained in piano and then I dabbled in guitar and then I stopped for quite a while and I've started a few years back, I started my, um, playing ukulele so and singing. So this is just, yeah, my fun musical outlet. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And then no doubt you've got an array of many different musical instruments that are not yes. so commonly known about in your studio that you use for healing. Actually, do I think want, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just name a few that you've got? I'm quite curious. Yes, sure. Of course, I work with singing bowls mainly, and most of my singing bowls are the Peter Hess therapeutic singing bowls, which I use on the body. And I work with gongs. I work with the monochord, which is one of my very favorite instruments. I work with chimes. I work with drums. I work with a beautiful rain stick. So, yeah, that's probably... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the collection keeps growing, yes. Uh, and out of all of those, do you have some that actually stand out as some of your favourites? I think they're all very special in their own way, you know, and tuning forks I work with too. Yeah, they're all very, very special. I think the monochord is definitely up there with my favourites. String instrument, uh, it's just a bit of a, a difference to all the metal instruments. So the monochord is a string instrument. So because I play the ukulele, I think that sort of is quite a nice, nice break sometimes playing that. I was looking at monochord instruments. Maybe what you could do is actually describe what the monochord is for our listeners. Well, yes. Um, so the monochord was actually invented by Pythagoras. He explained it and he used it. It was a one string on wooden box. That's, you know, depending, it can be anything from one meter and longer. So Pythagoras used that with one string and he used it to explain musical intervals. Now the therapeutic monochords, they look like, almost like harps. So you have more strings. There can be anything from 15 to 20 strings on them. So, and they're on that wooden box and then... Generally, they're tuned to the same frequency. So you might have a C in various octaves on it. And as you play it, you run your fingers down it. And what happens is that the, the harmonic overtone series is made audible. So as you play all those fundamental notes, a little fairy melody starts uh, evolving on top and we're actually, as Westerners, we're so trained to just listen to the fundamentals notes in classical Western music. Of course, Eastern music is different. It's got all these rich instruments like sitar and tambura and whatnot. So, but it creates this sound realm almost. 
and we are allowing ourselves then when we listen to the monochord you go into the harmonic overtone series and the realm behind it like a sound space that have um opens up beautiful and when you play that are you playing that for people to listen to do you ever actually put it in contact with people's bodies because i've heard of the monochord beds that or chairs that sometimes people have their skin or body laying up against so that they can feel the vibration as well as hear it absolutely yes absolutely so you can use the monochord on on the body there are certain um especially in germany there's a lot of producers and they use them in therapy they have a bit of a concave bot like a um, bottom and you can use them on the body and of course the sound beds are amazing so that's pretty much you have a bed and then the strings are underneath the bed so the vibrations travel through you and the same with chairs so they have them at the back of the chair and as you play along all these beautiful harmonies just travel through yourselves through your body very would, powerful that would be my ultimate i can just imagine yes. how amazing that would be yes very beautiful so one of my questions I wanted to ask you is about infusing your sound vibrations that you're creating with healing thoughts or images or feelings or intentions because we often do that with light. With There's a little equation that we say energy plus information creates the outcome and because sound is the energy, it's like the carrier and the intention would be information. Is that something you do often or recommend your students to do? Absolutely. Yes, very, very powerful um, tool to have, infusing images and uh, sound. In sound meditations, I often use it. Um, I'm running guided me meditations and fantasy journeys. So that's one, one side aspect and in single sessions as well. So depending on where the client is and what they want to achieve, we definitely work with inner pictures very powerful. A lot of people, and that ties in with all your color work, is of course they see a lot of color in, in the sessions because every frequency obviously is a color. So without using our visual sense, just our auditory sense will convert the frequency into an internal picture, internal color. And it's good to also give those images an expression afterwards. Do you mean to speak that, about that? Speak about it, paint, um, be creative in any, any form, um, just an impression needs an expression. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that a lot. Yes, I yeah. have a really beautiful monochromatic dome that sits over the head that radiates the most exquisite colours. And I have people often saying that they see images or they're instantly taken back to a memory and i think that vibration that pure vibration it would probably be the same with sound it helps yes. people reconnect to certain memory banks or images within deep within their being absolutely because we're working with the senses as well so and our limbic system obviously stores a lot of memory and then that's why i'm very passionate about what I've learned in my training, sound and my self-experience is that sound is a very powerful tool to access those places that are deep within us. And it's got to be really done cautiously and with a lot of mindfulness behind it. So it's good 
especially last three or five years now, sound has become very popular and there's a lot of people offering sound. There's a fine line between creating stress and relaxation. And so I'm very passionate about creating awareness about the power of it. That's great. That does actually bring me back to a memory of a session that I had with really large, loud gongs in a space which I found very uncomfortable. So I can relate to what you're saying. There is a fine edge to using sound that can either be disturbing or otherwise very Absolutely. And it happens all the time. I've had a lot of clients that have had a bad experience. So it goes out to everyone who's listening. If you're in a sound session and you're not sure and you don't feel comfortable, you're free to walk out. Because I don't think healing, and especially in group sessions, they should be held and conducted in you're providing a safe space for people. It's different when you work one-on-one with a person and you know their history and you're there and you care for them, but you can unlock certain things in people. And healing is a gentle process as far as I'm concerned and as far as what I've experienced. It's a very, very gentle process and you have less is more. This is one of Peter Hess's big attitudes is the less is more principle. And I've experienced it so many times. Too much, that doesn't have to be, we don't gong a problem out of somebody or it's just not the way that I consider as being beneficial or healing. And because the problem is also when the sounds are loud, all those neurotransmitters that we don't want, you're actually activating a stress response, you're going into your sympathetic nervous system response so all the cortisol and all the noradrenaline is adrenaline is pumped out and not all your good, beautiful neurotransmitters like dopamine, oxytocin, etc., serotonin are released mm. and it has the adverse effect. Yes. So would you be able to describe what a typical sound therapy session would be like that you would conduct? Just maybe walk us through. They're probably all um, different. Yes, they're very different and they're, they're depending on what the client, so the one-on-one sessions, the client comes, we have a brief chat, of course, I've got a form that you fill in just to creating awareness because I am not, especially uh, we have to be aware, I mean, if you are a trained psychologist or somebody that works with trauma and you're trained in that area, then if clients come to you and I mean, they might be heavily medicated, et cetera, et cetera, that I don't know before the session. So I've got to be aware what the condition of the client is is in. So I'll talk through them with it because I don't, I'm aware that I can unlock certain traumatic experience in a person. So I like to work in accordance if they're serious cases with the treating doctor or practitioner they're seeing so as an adjunct really my my services at the same time i've treated many i think i've got enough experience now that i treat various conditions and so the client comes in we have a chat where he is at in life what he would like to achieve in the in the session a lot of people just like to relax which is fantastic And other people like to work on physical conditions that might range from muscular problems up to psychological problems, trauma, whatever that, creating a shift in their thinking patterns, whatever that may be. 
So because I use the bows on the body, so like I said before, it's the combination of the sound bows. I will place them in a particular order on the body or I work around the body depending on, on what it is. And then I create a space that the client can deeply relax, let go, and the self-healing forces are being activated with the sound. So we have the vibrotactile stimuli because, stimuli because the bowels are being used on the body. The vibration of the bowels goes deep. Imagine your body being 70 to 80% water. Sound travels four times faster in water than it does in air. It's something like 400 meters per second in the air. It's 1,200 meters per second in water. So this is why we need to be gentle in our approach. It's very strong. So those vibrations go deep, deep, deep into your cells, into your tissues, and they can release tension on a physical level. And mentally, there's an entrainment process happening, of course. Our brain circulates and... I'm not going to go too much into it now because Anadi Mattel has just I listened to one of the podcasts and he explains it beautifully. But there's an entrainment process happening with those deep, low frequencies of the bowels that our mind slows down. The frequencies of our mind slow down and people quickly slip into a deeper state of conscience. Generally, it takes around 15 to 20 minutes when they're open to it that they're accessing a meditative state like a beta, theta, gamma brainwave range. So you have the physical relaxation and the mental relaxation at the same time. It makes it, makes it very powerful. And yes, that's, that's the session as such. And then we always incorporate a bit of silence. I do silence at the end, very important part and just let the client observe the silence quite often they can they feel the sound still traveling in their body and swirling and releasing very beautiful part of the whole whole session that's fantastic two little questions came up when you were speaking then and so i'll ask you just quick little ones it's about the sound vibration traveling through bone just wondering does the vibration travel more easily through bone than water sometimes i've felt that in, in on on my bones yes because um it's it's um bone is a bit like a conductor it's like an instrument so the resonance is a bit stronger in the bones yes okay and also if someone falls asleep during a session do you think they're still benefiting from the whole? Absolutely, yes. And people fall asleep all the time. <laughs> and the sound, um, I mean, that, that's an honor to me if somebody, especially when people come with um, insomnia problems, there's a lot of people with high anxiety levels. And so if they fall asleep and they have a quick nap, yes, the sound still works its magic on that deeper level but the brain also reset power naps are so underestimated yes that's fantastic so, yeah, let them sleep yeah good to know so i just wanted to bring up an example of a friend of mine who she told me that she had chronic pain in her shoulder 
And somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody approached her and did some sound therapy. I think it was with a tuning fork while she was moving her shoulder and applying the sound vibrations on that area. She said that the pain nearly immediately disappeared. And I was quite curious about that. Is that common to have such quick results? It is. It can be for the person. Yes, it's very individual. But yes, I've had numerous cases where that, you know, some people call it a miracle healing or whatever. It's just because that person is aware of the injury. That's my theory behind it. The person is aware of the injury. And as soon as we, the tuning forks, it's also we're working in the bioenergetic field around the body. It's very sensitive. Some people call it auric field, but it's quite powerful. Pain relief is one of the biggest effects of sound healing. We're doing sensory work and, you know, there's, like I just said, the vibrotactile stimuli sometimes activate something within the body, your nociception, your threshold, the pain get, shifts. So kinesthetically, so there's all these senses involved. And sometimes when the person is open to it and the sound comes in, and on all these senses are stimulated that there's a shift happening in the pain perception. It's fantastic. And does that normally stay or do people have to come back to have more sessions? I've had different experiences. So some people come, they have one sessions and off they go their merry way. I never see them again. And then I might see them again and they look at me and they just, you know, they stop and, you, the, the beauty is always people stop and they look at you and you really know that they're going back in that sensory experience and they go, oh, the last time I saw you for sound, the problem disappeared. And so that's great for me. I don't like to really create a dependency on my client, but it's like with everything. In some cases, I wouldn't say that's every time it can happen but you need to put a bit of effort and self-responsibility into your own healing. So, of course, I recommend a few sessions to have long-term effect, especially sound has that accumulative effect. It stays within yourselves and it unfolds sometimes over weeks. There's stress studies have been done about relaxation response and body image improvement. They had groups of people there were one group was receiving weekly sound treatments or sound massage treatments that was conducted through the Peter Hess Institute in Germany and the astonishing thing was after they, they stopped the intervention the stress levels and the body image was perception was improving and declining for months after so that was quite astonishing that's one so it has a long-term effect which is great Mm, I like to hear that. That's fantastic. Mm. So you mentioned Peter Hess and I, that was one of my questions that I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your wonderful teacher, your primary teacher, and he's probably one of the world's most notable teachers for sound therapy. I wondered if you could just speak about his workings or just about him a little bit more for our audience. Yes. So Peter Hess is absolutely my favorite teacher of all times regarding sound therapy or the, what the work he's done. He started in around 1984. So 30 years ago, he developed a method of a sound massage, the Peter Hess sound massage. 
And that was before anyone started treating people in a holistic sense with sound. So he's definitely the pioneer of it. Um, he was an engineer as well. But through his travels to Nepal and being exposed to sound healing ceremonies, and he said it was so profound for him that he looked into a way he could bring that aspect of, of that culture to the Western world. And he came across singing bowls. And at the time, the market, it was just around when the hippies were flooding to Nepal and the production of singing bowls as souvenirs was starting up. So it was really at the time already difficult to find ancient singing bowls according to the old recipes. So there was a lot of um, production being made for the tourist market. So he researched that and he finally found somebody that was still producing those ancient singing bowls and went to Germany and started teaching people and it all happened from there. And he was very open in sharing and more and more people in also in the medical world came to his courses and the method developed as such. So it, it is, is from experience and it is forever being looked at and developed and improved. But the core teachings, the material is really important that we're using in the courses. Like I said, the, the Peter has singing bowls, they are measured and tested for their vibration spectrum, the frequency spectrum that we're using. And a particular he's got a particular pr producer that has been manufacturing them for years and they're fair trade bowls they've got the best ingredients like you know bronze and tin is very expensive raw material and there is seven planetary aligned medals and some other medals in there and a bit of an ancient singing bowl and the process is very laborsome because we're using them on the body they need to be top quality a lot of the singing bowls that you get, they contain a lot of lead and you don't really want to work on people with that. But he developed a method and it just grew. People enjoyed it. They experienced the well-being. And now the Peter Hess Institute in Germany, he's actually the only person that's managed to have academies all over the planet. He's managed to break through into Western medicine and having it recognized as a form of therapy, especially in Germany, a lot of therapists, physicians, doctors are starting to use it or have been starting to use it. And there is so many courses these days. He drew a lot of professionals then developed course and said, Peter, this area, I've worked in this area, I'd really like to develop a course because I see, see the benefits. So this is how the system all grew. And the basis of it is the Peter has sound massage, but there is, like I said, many, many courses now for many, many fields, many, many areas of application. Results are just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really, really fantastic. So I honor him for what he's managed and the bowls, like I said, if you start working with sound, the vibration is really fine and sustained. So they're proper tools for sound therapy. Is that his primary tool, the singing bowl, or does he use yes. other ones? It's the singing bowl. Yes, his, he was all about singing bowls. We implement gongs and different, but singing bowl was primarily his baby. Yeah. 
And can you give us an idea of the range of the size of the singing bowls that are used? Yes, so there is a set. Generally, most practitioners work with a set of three bowls plus. The plus is always up to you, but you need a set of three bowls. We have a belly bowl that is around, I would say, 30 centimeters in diameter. Then a universal bowl. So the belly bowl is called a belly bowl because it resonates with, it has deep frequencies that resonate with your lower body parts from navel downwards, and that's all been measured. Then you have a heart bowl, a large and a small heart bowl, and they are around 20 centimeters up to 25 centimeters. And then you have a universal bowl around 25 centimeters diameter that are probably a bit less, 23. (laughs) I don't have them. I actually haven't ever measured them in (laughs) diameter. But the universal bowl is the all-rounder bowl that has a broader frequency spectrum which you can apply on the whole body. So when people start out their journey, purchasing a universal bowl is is definitely the bowl to go to. Oh, that's wonderful. We yes. don't, we, they sell different chakra sets, but the market's exploded. And that's something I really enjoy about Peter Hess training as well. We don't, in the courses, you can purchase one bowl, three and of course more but you don't have to and there's no push for it so we don't sell you a chakra set because and and this set and this set so it comes down to the ethics as well that anybody can use one to three bowls as a minimum and it doesn't make you a better sound therapist you work with good equipment Talking about training in Peter Hess, I understand that you're, I don't know if you're the only Australian trainer, but I know that you're very prolific in teaching his method here in Australia. Can you just talk to our audience a little bit more about what you do do as far as training? Yes, I guess because I'm German and I'm, I travel backwards and forwards, not this year, unfortunately, but I've done a lot of my training in Germany and it's my mother tongue. So I enjoy the connection being back home as well and I just like the German way and the efficiency of it and the science behind it so that that's something I'm really fond of. The courses I'm teaching primarily is the level Peter has one and two sound massage. They are the basic levels of sound massage and the, the profoundest levels as so everything builds up on there. I'm looking into all these other things now. So my new baby is Click Sound Education, bringing that to Australia. It hasn't been done in, so I'm translating everything, trying to get it here, but this is bringing, working with children and uh, bringing it into schools, into the families, into daycare centres, but helping children reduce anxiety with learning difficulties ways and tools for self-regulation using the singing bowls. I've worked a bit with Maggie Dent. She's very fond of my work. So, and I'm still in the early stages, but that's definitely something that I will put more time and energy into. I've also, that's all tied in with Peter Hess Institute and Emily Hess's wife has developed these courses. And then running a sound bath facilitation workshop, that's something I have developed. 
because a lot of people want to play their own sound bath now and I look back at 10 years of experience and so I like to share what I've learned over the years because when I first started I was alone pretty much nobody else was doing sound to that degree and so I'm really happy to share from my experience and I'm looking at bringing, combining yoga and sound. Emily Hess's wife has developed Emily Hess Sound Yoga, so we're trying to get this over here. Then Fantasy Journeys is another seminar where we're using words and with, in combination with sound. And what else? <laughs> yeah, there's a few things in the pipeline. It sounds like um, there's so much. It's and, uh, and a so basic trust seminar. Yeah, basic trust seminar series, which is also his wife, Emily Hess, has developed that. It's all about coming back into our basic trust and becoming whole again. And if someone wanted to do a training course with you, how do they approach that? And the other question, of course, is with everything that's happening globally, are you moving towards the online space or is sound not really suited to online training? I'm just curious about that. Of course, sound is, we always say the self-experience is very important and exchanging sound and being having it on the body. But of course, they with the situation, the global situation at the moment, I'm venturing out into the webinar world. I'm just finishing my first module uh, introduction course for the Kids Sound Education, which I'm putting a lot of time and effort because into because I really like to make it as good an experience as possible. So we're encouraging people on the other side, of course, having sound bowls and self-experimenting with a partner, ideally. The Peter Hess Institute, a sound massage course, so we're looking into that. They had some really good feedback in Germany already. And the seminars, really, the online courses seem to go really well and people are enjoying it. It's just, yes, yeah, something that is, I think, who knows what the future holds, but something that needs to be considered these days. And it's good to be creative and explore different ways of getting people interested and teaching if they can't physically be there. I'm glad to hear that because I'm sure many people would still like to be able to continue both the education and some form of therapy. And if you're bringing it to the online space, even though, as you say, it's not always optimal, you could be training other people to be able to deliver it to those people who are close to them, which I think is a very powerful way to bring the sound out. Yeah. One of my other questions was, and it's to do with our global unrest of what's happening at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people who are suffering from heightened stress and anxiety and worry and everything that's coming with what's happening. I know sound is fantastic for those conditions. Are there any tips or practical little things that people could do themselves in their home? For example, even using their voice or other simple things that could help them in this time? Absolutely. I mean, the voice is our most powerful instrument. So singing is always good. Humming, singing, using your voice, toning. If you want to go in some exercise, there's plenty on the internet these days. The breath, as we all know, the breath connection is really important. Just taking a moment out, mindful moments, just breathing if you're happy, lucky to have a singing bowl, well, there's plenty of exercises that we're doing 
you can do at home for self-care with the singing bowl exercises. The singing bowl is just a nice instrument of ritual for you as well. You don't have to be musical. We talked about my musical background, but you don't have to be musical to give sound to yourself or to other people, which is the great thing. You need just a little bit of rhythm, which everybody has and everybody can get when you play them. But other than that, you don't have to be a Beethoven or Mozart. <laughs> it's for everybody. And so there's definitely some exercise. If you have a belly bowl, like a bowl at home, you can place it on your solar plexus. And just as where our central nervous system is located and just gently tap it. Yeah. Over and over again, which will calm your nervous system, slow down your breathing. There's other exercises where we use a universal bowl on the palms. Just five minutes every, like when you're sitting in a quiet space, five minutes on each palm of the hand. So it has a very relaxing and beneficial, beneficial effect. Yeah, there, so there is plenty, plenty out there to, you can do. And just sometimes because one strike of a singing bowl can lead you into the silence. And that is a very powerful exercise in meditation. You just need to strike the bowl once and wait till it guides you into the beautiful silence. So, yeah. That's, that's that, it. And that's the good thing is they're free energy. You don't need power for them. It's free energy and they're vibrating just by muscle power. <laughs> I like that very much. I was just going to say that just that sound, that vibration, even when I start humming or making a sound, a tone, it instantly brings me back into my center self. It instantly calms me and makes me more mm. conscious of my breathing and then inevitably I start to feel better and calmer. Yes. So it's a fantastic, simple tool, like you say, to use. Simple tool. And I think the problem is only that a lot of people have been told or in their lives maybe, oh, you're not a good singer or you have a terrible voice. So a lot of people that come and see me are afraid to use their own voice. We're so conscious of our voice that, you know, it doesn't matter. you like just for fun, just try it out, use your voice, feel the vibration within you. That's wonderful. Thanks for those tips. So can you tell our listeners what your website is and what you're offering them if they wanted to follow up a little bit more on either a session or training with you? Yes. Uh, my website is www.soundrelaxation com.au so you will find me there i'll put and that on the show notes as well so you can <laughs> find you easily yes and i try and update it regularly um of course i'm also on instagram these days and and facebook so that's something i'm learning more and more i've been growing i'm completely self-made and it's been quite a journey so and i'm trying to promote my courses but all the important ones you find on my website or upcoming courses and a bit of information and you are in margaret river so if people do come to margaret river or you're listening from margaret river you're available for sessions there yes i am yes are you also available in the city in perth 
No, but we have trained quite a few practitioners, which you can find on the Peter Hess Academy Australia website, and you might find a practitioner in your area there. They're all delivering the Peter Hess sound massage, and they're trained practitioners. So um, feel free and check it out. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Uta, for sharing all that wonderful information and knowledge and your it's coming from your heart. I can feel it. Yes. <laughs> All those good vibrations. Then I really appreciate oh, definitely. that. Definitely. I'm very passionate about it for sure. Yes. Yeah. And I have a little request for you. I thought we could ask you if you would be willing just to play even half a minute of some special instrument for our listeners to tune into so that they can just get a sense of, of your wonderful gift. I'd love to and we'll see how it pans out over Zoom because sometimes it's very tricky. That's the difficulties we've been facing and because I'm a bit of a sound snob these days, um, you know, I want that <laughs> I want that really good quality which is not uh, sometimes perfectly transmitted and it cuts out with Zoom, but we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot and also if it doesn't work out well on our recording, we will substitute it with one of your own personal recordings so that I'll include that at the end of the podcast. Either way, our listeners will get a sense. So thank you yes. again, Uta, so, so much. You're very welcome and thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking sound. Thank you. Okay, so I will try a few singing bowls because we've been talking a lot about singing bowls and let's just see how this works.
Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm Manisha Blunchley. You've been listening to Limbic Light Podcast. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing so that you can be informed whenever there's a new episode being released and what it is about. Thank you and stay well.